Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there, I do thank you for joining us. Appreciate the introduction, and we hope and pray that all is going well with you and your family. We pray that uh, you'll continue to listen to our podcast, that you're being edified, and of course, God is always being glorified. Again, I encourage you to go to our webpage and check us out. We have lots of different things there. We have a free ebook that you can download to you at no cost. I encourage you to check that out. That's under our support page. And there's more information about how to support us, uh, what we do believe, and Really, the short answer is only the Bible. Today, we're going to talk about uh, Moses' wife. And kind of inspired by a conversation I had here a while back with some friends of mine. And I hope that you will uh, find this interesting as, as I did. So please, open a Bible and do follow along. And we're going to uh, study... God's Word. You can open your Bible to Exodus chapter 4, and we'll be there in just a few minutes. I wanted to kind of tell you a little bit about Moses' wife. We're going to give a little background and, and try to make some applications for us in our life. Moses' wife, his name is Zephora. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Everybody has a different way of pronouncing these Old Testament names I've learned over the years. But it is spelled Z-I-P-P-O-R-A-H. There's really not a whole lot talked about in the Bible about her. She's mentioned very little. However, she's really known for one major thing. And that thing is very strange. If you've never studied that, I want to encourage you to hang on as we talk about this strange event right after this. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, welcome back. That strange thing that I hopefully baited you with to hang on with us here. She circumcises her own son. And she's going to use a flint knife uh, to do this with, according to the Bible. And when she does this, uh, it's because God was going to kill Moses. And uh, her, uh, her father, Jethro, he's a, a priest in the land of Midian, where Moses would flee to from killing uh, a Egyptian uh, in, in Egypt. Excuse me. So Jethro, his father-in-law, has given his daughter uh, to Moses as his wife. They would have two sons. That's recorded for us anyway. Before Moses would... I have his burning bush experience and would be called by God to to go back to Egypt so the children of Israel could be set free 
uh, from bondage of slavery. At this time, it's kind of an odd scene here going on. Moses is on his way to Egypt, as God has instructed him, to speak to Pharaoh so that he could let the people go. And they had been in slavery for 400 years. Now, there is some argument that uh, they were in slavery for 460, and there's different years, but uh, it's 400 years according uh, to the Bible. So, who was Moses' wife in the Bible? Who was Zephora? Again, she's an interesting uh, lady. Very little is written about her, and we will find her in Exodus chapter 4. So I hope that you're there with us. So then Moses went to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, I go back to Egypt, for all those who want to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, and put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. Then the Lord said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see that you perform there before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart, so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go, so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. All of this is in Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 through 26. And they're at a lodging place now along the way, and the Lord would meet with Moses and he's about to kill him. But his wife, Moses' wife, took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it, saying, Surely you are bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. At that time, you know, when she says this bridegroom of blood, she's referring to the circumcision. The scripture is uh, sort of shocking here because God had just called Moses to go to Egypt to deliver the message, uh, let my people go, made famous by uh, the movie Ten Commandments. And Moses is on his way. He, he's doing what God has asked him to do. And this brings up a couple of questions, at least it does for me. Why was God going to kill Moses along the way when Moses was doing exactly what God had asked him to do. And, of course, it's to go to Egypt. Now, if you have a map, this is no easy trip. This is, you know, you're on foot, and it's quite a a distance to be walking. And the second question is, how did Moses' wife know what to do to stop God from killing Moses? So, now... There's a lot of speculations on these questions, but a different answer is not found in the Bible. Some suggest God was angry with Moses because he was chosen to lead the Israelites, teach them the law, but when he was not following the law himself, 
in Genesis chapter 17, verses 9 through 14, God had commanded circumcision. And it's pretty well accepted and taught that the uh, Israelites were circumcising in Egypt, even as slaves. They were circumcising their, their, their sons on the eighth day. And so Moses would have known that he was needing to do this. But Moses, for whatever reason, does not. Now, it says one son. So I don't know if one son was and one son was not. It's not really clear to me. But as for Moses' wife, some teach that she may have been unhappy by the practice. And perhaps she didn't want Moses to circumcise her children on the eighth day as God commanded. And when the attack came on Moses, she instinctively, she knew what the problem was and she took action to save her husband's life. I would hope that all spouses would want to put their, their other spouse uh, in front of everything else, all the other priorities that might be hitting them, to take care of her husband just like she has done. And a husband should want to take care of their wives, and they need to work together. And here's an example of a husband and wife apparently not working this issue out uh, they keep either bearing the problem ignoring the problem I, I don't know but uh, obviously they have not obeyed God's command and she knew it and of course Moses knew it and we honestly uh, we need to obey God that's the first point I really want to make even when we don't like it uh, you know we like sin let's just face the facts that's why we sin uh, we enjoy it, it's pleasing to us, it makes us feel powerful, uh, whatever. I mean, there's lots of reasons we like to sin. And so, turn with me uh, to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen that a fat of rams. Of course, this is Samuel talking to King Saul. Saul has just uh, really gotten a, a lot of pride. He's gotten a big head. He's king, and a lot of things haven't gone his way. He's tired of waiting on Samuel. Uh, to come do the sacrifice. And so he just puts matters in his own hand. Again, um, sometimes we like just to take control of everything. Uh, we don't let the leadership be the leadership. And here Samuel's supposed to be uh, the leader, just like Moses is supposed to be the leader of his family. And we all need to work together. Uh, I know we try very hard in our home to discuss issues. Uh, that doesn't always work, but we always try uh, to talk about it. But at the end of the day, uh, a good leader will always do the right thing in the best interest of those he's leading. He will sacrifice his own self for that. But disobedience, listeners, uh, to God's Word, the Bible, 
is really what got Adam and Eve in trouble as well in the first place. He really only had the, the one command. Uh, don't eat this fruit. Now, if you go study that out, Eve apparently has added some things to it. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. But God didn't tell them they couldn't touch it. He just told them they couldn't eat it. And so, apparently, Adam had either stretched this out. Let's not eat it. Okay, well, I'm not even going to touch it. I'm not going to even look at it type thing. Obviously, that doesn't work. Here, it would cost Samuel his kingdom because of this disobedience to what God has commanded, what God told Samuel, Samuel to tell King Saul. Uh, Saul does not do that. And so, eventually, God will take the kingdom away from Saul and give it to David. His sons would not inherit uh, the throne, as generally is the practice. Disobeying God's commands honestly gets us all into trouble, and it could cost us our salvation. It, it, it costs us marriages, it could cost us jobs, it could cost us friendships, and so on. And that's what we really need to try to understand. Again, we all struggle. I don't care who you are. We all struggle uh, what we are told not to do or what we should be doing. And sometimes we give in to that temptation or we stick our nose at it. And we are, we're driven by our fleshly desires a until we really mature as Christians. But even still then, as a mature Christian, uh, we struggle with temptation and falling into sin. And so that's something new converts, they think, Boy, the minute I'm baptized, I say this prayer, you know, and all that really, I believe, is very sincere on the new believer's action. But as soon as they walk out of the church building, what's there waiting for them? The world in temptation. And so uh, that's something that we really fail to teach people, uh, very young Christians. I'm not talking necessarily at 14 or 99. A young Christian is somebody who's new in the Lord. And somebody has failed to teach them, hey, life is not a box of chocolates. It is uh, being a Christian is an adult thing. It takes grit. It takes sand. It takes uh, a lot of things, willpower. But you can't do it alone. You've got to trust and rely on God to help you. You know, so many people, uh, they want to live how they want to live. And I want to tell you what Jesus has to say about that here in just a moment. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may he have the glory. Okay, so we're back here in uh, John chapter 14, verse 15. John 14, 15 simply says this, and this is Jesus talking. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Our obedience really is a reflection of our love uh, for God. God is very gracious. He's very merciful. He gave his only son to cover our sins as a perfect sacrifice. So if we really love God and, 
and desire to obey Him should come somewhat naturally uh, because of the Spirit that dwells within us out of thankfulness, too, uh, for His mercy toward us. I mean, when somebody does something nice for you, that they help you, generally we are very thankful for that. Uh, some people I know more in our society, they expect it, they demand it, they were owed it, but that's just not the way God thinks. Sorry to, to say it that way, but that's just the way it really is. God has done a lot for us, and we should be grateful and thankful for his mercy toward us. You know, another thing that we really need to be doing is, is God's will. No matter what, even if our spouse does not want us to do it or does not want to do it themselves. You know, notice here, the Bible does not say whether uh, Moses' wife or both, again, did not want to circumcise their son. Or if they planned to, but they delayed it for some reason. I don't know. But delaying obedience simply is this, listeners. It's disobedience. In, in the Bible, we, we see that she is the one who will eventually step up. Uh, she intervened with obedience to save her husband's life. How many wives would be willing to, to do that for their husbands? How many husbands would be willing to sacrifice uh, their self for their wife and their children? Again, we become so much integrated in a, in a society, even those who claim to be Christian or call themselves Christian, uh, we allow the world to dictate to us what's right and wrong. But she does this even to the point because God had met with Moses and was about to kill him. Okay, again, kind of a strange event that most people don't talk about or know about, I should say. Or was God dealing with indirectly or directly uh, with Moses' wife. Uh, maybe she was going along with Moses because, one, they were married, but in her heart she really did not want to obey God's commands. We really, honestly, I mean, if you study that text out in Exodus that we read, uh, we really just simply don't know. But in the end here, she does obey God, and it makes it clear that she does and must, just like us. We must do that. Doing doing God's will is just not something that we do when a tough decision comes along. It's really an everyday living that we surrender to God's will and, and yield to him and his commands. We, we need to recognize our own sin. And when we recognize it, we need to repent. Again, uh, we're embedded in, in certain sins. Uh, it's really hard to break those habits because, again, we're doing it because we like it. Uh, we're doing it because we think we've been forced into a situation and so I always got to lie my way out or got to cheat my way out or whatever. Uh, and so you had no choice because of where you were born or, or where you live type thing. Read with me Psalm 119, verse 60. And notice here uh, what, what the, the psalmist writes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. 
So we need to do whatever needs to be done to make it right in God's sight. And we need to do that as soon as possible. Like right now type thing. We are not promised uh, another tomorrow. I mean, you can read uh, the news just like I can. Famous people die every day at a very young age. Now, it might be through drug abuse or car accident, whatever. But you and I are not promised another day. Like Moses, we've all been called by God to do something certain in this world. And that is your ministry. And it might be, I knew a lady uh, who was bound in her home in a wheelchair. She was a widow. And she really, truly loved the Lord. And she would write letters. She would write cards to everybody in the congregation that she knew needed some kind of encouragement or were sick or had lost a loved one. And she spent a lot of money on postage, <laughs> sending this stuff out. But she said, that's my ministry. And, you know, we all can find something to do to serve God in some capacity with what God has allowed us to have. And, and so, you know, in the world of email, an encouraging email or an encouraging text, uh, and there's nothing like going and visiting somebody and just saying, hey, I was thinking about you. I hope you're well. I hope things are improving for you, whatever the circumstance might be. But God will likely bring the sin to our attention if we, if we uh, are so desiring to serve God and get closer to God. And when we recognize it uh, and we turn away from it, that's really what repent man means. I mean, you turn away from the things that God rejects and you turn to God. That's what we do. Then we can move forward in the good graces of God. You know, I always heard that term growing up, the good, the good graces. Well, in other words, uh, my dad was trying to say, if you do what you're supposed to do, life will be fine for you. If not, uh, there's consequences, there's punishment. So how can we apply these lessons that we've learned from Moses' wife to our lives? Well, again, Moses' wife quickly recognized the problem through her obedience. Her husband was not killed by God because she and Moses had sinned, just like we all sin. But when we follow Jesus, we will still sin. And I'm not putting a stamp of approval on anybody's sin or my own. We're not supposed to be doing that. We need to do our best to to go around those problems. But this is why Jesus had to die. This is why he shed his blood. And this is why he is our perfect sacrifice to cover our sins. Through him, we are made right with God. You know, as many of you listen to me long enough, know that I know American Sign Language, and there is no sign for justification. But that's what justification means. We are justified. We are made right with God because of the blood sacrifice of Jesus. And when we are moving along in our relationship with God through his son, we obviously, we will stumble along the way. And that's why we need to be with each other and encourage each other in a good, positive way. That's why husbands and wives need to encourage one another in a positive way. 
and and work and walk together with God. This transformation process of being more like Jesus and, and saying goodbye to our old selves, our old sinful way, I think we will naturally do this as Christians because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and through reading and studying God's Word. Both of these, I mean, it guides us, it comforts us, it counsels us as we live out our lives on this earth. But when we disobey God's commands, the Holy Spirit begins making us aware of our sin. One way or another, God is going to bring it to our attention. And once we are aware of our sin problems, it really is our responsibility uh, to correct it and to stop it and ask God for forgiveness. This continual cycle in our life, in our spiritual life, will go on until the moment that we either die or Jesus returns. God begins to work on another area in our life. We we overcome uh, those certain sins and temptations, and now we have to work on something else. There's always something else. Uh, we just need to know that. And I can remember there are certain temptations early in my youth uh, that I, mean nothing to me today. Okay, and so as you I'll get older, as you change your lifestyle, changes in the in your walk with the Lord. So some things just don't mean anything to you more. You have no desires for that. We recognize our sin. We repent. That is a key of growing up as a Christian. We should want to become mature Christians and join God in his amazing work that he has waiting for us to do. This idea, well, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to have all the food I want. Life is going to just be so grand. And it will be so grand. I don't know if we'll eat food or not. I don't know. But one thing is for sure, if you look at the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they had a job. Really? They had to work. Their job or their work was keeping the garden. They were to tend the garden for however, pruning, whatever it was uh, that God wanted in the two. So to do all of this, to try to sum all this up here, we must take time to read our Bibles. Reading our Bibles will teach us on a very personal level what is a sin, and this is important too, listen, and what is not a sin. I don't know how many times I've heard different sermons and, and things that they are saying that's a sin. Well, maybe it is for them, maybe because that leads them into some kind of a temptation or I don't know, but God has made it clear what is a sin and what is not. Something else to really help you understand if you read the Word of God in your prayer and you continually do this, you will identify quickly what is a false teaching. It is so, it's so easy to listen to all the, the radio, TV, uh, and just not pick up your Bible. That, that's really not wise. And that's why I really encourage you as listeners to pick up your Bible and follow along if you're able to do that. I know some people uh, 
are driving or they're out jogging or they're in a country where they can't get a Bible for whatever reasons, okay. But you really need to make sure that you're listening and following along in the Bible. We, we need to find a biblical congregation who teaches the complete Word of God. This will also help us and, and having the strength of a church family around us. I know I say it all the time. There are groups, denominations out there that all they talk about is their favorite verse, their favorite topic, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, at the end of time, at that person's life, that's a very shallow thing in the end it you know it might be a pond or, or a lake that's 25,000 miles wide but it's it's only a few centimeters deep okay the bible is deep and it has so much to offer us it's so rich in knowledge and wisdom for us to to acquire moses and his wife both knew of the command to circumcise their son Again, whatever the reason for the real disobedience, Moses' wife's her repentance and resolving this sin issue was noticed by God. And that will happen in our lives. When we, when we stop sinning, we're asking God for forgiveness, we're asking for help, God will recognize that as well. And then, notice, listen, God then could use Moses as an obedient servant to serve him and to lead the people out of Egypt. You know, folks, I, I appreciate you listening. I, I really sincerely mean that from the bottom of my heart. We really, truly need your help and your prayers. Please be in consideration for all of that. Uh, I know we pray every day for those who listen to this podcast especially those in persecuted countries. We pray for you several times a day. Know that we're praying for you. Please tell others about us. I, I can't stress that enough. That's how we've really grown in this podcast. So, again, I want to thank you for listening, and uh, Lord willing, we will be back again next week. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you, and may he have the glory.